one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Today we have a crazy story of revenge against a roommate who cannot behave. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, teaching my brother a lesson. Having siblings can be one of the best things to happen to anyone. They're like an extension of you with their own thoughts and feelings, and that's almost magical. At the same time, they can be the absolute worst. Kind of like a shadow of all the bad decisions that you probably will never make because you've witnessed them go through it. In this thread, I'll be sharing a story about how I taught my thieving older brother a lesson about stealing. My brother and I are what people call Irish twins. Our parents were young hippies when they met and barely three months later, they eloped to Vegas to get married because they found out that my mom was already pregnant with me. Barely a month after I was born, my mother got pregnant with my little brother and nine months later, he was born. Right from birth, they raised us like we were twins, dressing us in similar clothes and gushing over us to people that didn't know us as if we were actually twins. It also doesn't help that my brother was a much bigger child than I was, so he caught up to me pretty fast. Growing up, my brother and I were close. He was my best friend and confidant. We got into preschool together, and boy did we terrorize the heck out of our teachers. I was the calmer one, the one that lied on our behalf or got us out of trouble. My brother, I'll call him Mikey, was the brawn of the group. He did most of the dirty work, and at a point, it was as if he reveled in getting called out for misbehaving. As we got older, we still always got into mischief together, but I chose safer evils like fart bags on the teacher or student seats and spilling disappearing ink on clothes. These were funny pranks that were basically harmless and would get a few chuckles at most. My brother, on the other hand, liked things that would make your eyes wide with shock. He would do things like unscrew the legs off of our metal desk chairs and watch people fall. Mikey was a good kid, so most of these pranks were done to bullies, mean kids, and people like that. Plus, Mikey was a really big kid by elementary school, and while we were about the same height, he weighed twice as much as I did. It was a nice thing he was doing for the kids, and I supported him. We played basketball, which was a huge sport, and so we were the jocks of the school, and Mikey's whole bully buster thing gave us more popularity points. However, as we got older, my brother started to change. The change didn't fully begin until we had started to transition from middle school to high school. By this time, puberty had set in, and while it remained evident that I would play basketball with my tall, lean frame, my brother got much wider and put on more weight, and the coach told him that he was a football natural. From there, we started to drift apart as our class and sports schedules clashed. The change bothered me because Mikey had been my only friend all my life, and while he found it easier to make new friends, I was painfully awkward. I was happy for him nevertheless because he seemed to be thriving. The guys on the football team were jerks. A lot of them were the kids in elementary schools that Mikey and I busted for picking on smaller kids. I didn't like that they were in such close proximity with my brother, but then again, I trusted him to make the right decisions. It turns out I was so wrong to trust him. Because he not only started hanging out with the wrong crowd, and soon enough, he began leading them. He was the loudest amongst them all, disrespecting teachers and female students more than anything else. That was the basis of our first fight. 
and thankfully I was able to pin him down and punch some sense into him, or at least I thought I did. After the conversation and the fight, my brother mellowed down a bit and I thought our relationship was getting better, until he disappeared for a couple of days. Our parents, like I said, were hippies and they were barely around us, so they had almost no idea about what was going on in our lives. When my brother returned, I heard some rumors around that he had started stealing. I didn't want to believe it, but the crowd he kept were notorious for all of these things. They were used to doing these things and they taught him to do it until he became better than them and basically became their leader. At first, it was just small things like candy and small pieces of things like snacks from the corner store. Semi-harmless things. I didn't want to speak to him about it because I believed that it was a phase that would soon pass. It didn't, because I started to notice him stealing things to and from the house. He got a girlfriend soon and all I heard in the school hallways was how he got her gifts daily and they weren't small and expensive things either. Expensive clothes, jewelry, and shoes. Soon enough, he was stealing bigger things like whole gaming consoles and people's wallets. I tried to talk to him about it, but he brushed me off and said that he needed the money. We didn't exactly come from a home with a lot of money, but our parents made sure we always had a full fridge, new clothes, and shoes when we needed, and a few luxuries like an allowance, video games, and a shed to explore whatever fun crafts that we decided on. We had more than most kids we knew. So I didn't understand what more he could need in high school, where he has no responsibilities. I told myself that there was some way to save my brother and that he wasn't completely lost to the world. I believed it too, until teachers and students alike started pulling me to the corner and expressing their concerns. Not just for my brother, but for me as well. Sure, we looked different. He had long hair and looked as if he carried heavy things for a living, while my hair was a little higher than a buzz cut and I had to bend my head to enter nearly every room I stepped into. But we were brothers and that meant our facial resemblance was there. I decided to stay out of my brother's life after we had a second fight where I caught him stealing our parents' figurines to sell. That didn't really keep a lot of things, but our mother loved her figurines and our dad didn't hesitate to gift her one every time. With that, she had built a collection and was very happy with it. I tried to talk him out of it as calmly as possible, but he just got mad and punched me in my face. Of course, he didn't walk away unscathed, but I couldn't believe that he had tried to steal from our parents. That night, I moved from our shared room and into the attic, making sure that all of my things were accounted for and moving around with keys. We didn't have any other interaction until he stole from me. I caught him red-handed in the act. I worked at a tech store and they'd been teaching me to fix things like phones and laptops. Our basketball coach, who was the one that got me the job, was very supportive and he handed me his daughter's old laptop to practice fixing it. I had successfully done it over the weekend and was waiting for the next school week so that I could give it back. I used the shed as a workshop and locked it and went away to practice. Mikey had a key, so he opened it, went in and picked up the laptop. I caught him on my way back from practice in an alleyway. I would have had no idea if the laptop wasn't still packaged in the same yellow plastic bag that I put it in before. I took it back from him in silence, but I was furious and felt betrayed. I knew that I had to do something to teach him a lesson and make him realize the gravity of his actions. Stealing was a little too serious for him to be doing too casually. I decided to take matters into my own hands, and with the help of his football coach and my basketball coach, I set a trap for him. 
I borrowed my coach's expensive watch and left it in plain sight because I knew that he wouldn't be able to resist stealing it. Sure enough, a few days later, the watch went missing. I waited for my brother to try and sell it, and then I pounced. I posed as the buyer and arranged to meet him in person. When I arrived at the meeting place with about three other burly men, I saw my brother waiting there. He was shocked to see me and tried to play it cool, but I could see the guilt written all over his face. I confronted him and asked why he would steal from me, his own brother. He tried to give me excuses, but I wasn't having it. I told him I was going to teach him a lesson and make sure that he never stole from anyone again. All my friends, which included the coach's brother, a martial arts instructor who had offered to help me with my plan, a high school senior that my brother had stolen from, and his girlfriend's older brother, trapped Mikey in a circle and they gave him a brutal lesson in self-defense, showing him how it felt to be on the receiving end of a violent attack. My brother was left beat up and bruised in the middle of the street while I went home. A few hours later I'd come into the house and I could swear that I heard him cry. I hoped that he'd learned his lesson, but there was really no way to know because I refused to speak to him for almost two weeks after that, until he cornered me in school after practice and he asked my forgiveness and promised that he realized how much he messed up and would fix things up. In the months that followed, Mikey got a job and started paying back the people he'd stolen from. His coach also made him volunteer at a local charity to make up for his past actions. I was proud of him for taking responsibility for his actions and making things right. Our relationship started to mend, and I felt like I had my brother back. Looking back, I know what I did was extreme and violent. I don't condone violence as a means of solving problems, and I know that there are better ways to deal with theft and other crimes. However, at the time, I was consumed by anger and a desire to teach my brother a lesson. I know that what I did wasn't the right way to handle the situation, and I regret the pain that I caused my brother, but I am glad that things switched around for the better. I just graduated from high school and planned to work one more year before college, but Mikey had to stay back at class because his grades were so bad. We were going to be getting into our respective colleges at the same time. He had a sports scholarship, just like me, and I was just really proud of him. Obviously, OP went beyond way too far, but I do at least understand the human element of this where you see your brother who has so much potential and is doing so well for himself, getting to the point where they have a sports scholarship and then they throw it away because they can't help themselves from these klepto tendencies. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy these crazy stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is showing my roommate how to behave. I've been seeing the new thread on crappy roommates and boy do I have a juicy tale. I'll preface by saying that although I absolutely hated it when I lived with my family or in the school dorms, no one was as bad as my so-called best friend. I come from a really big family. Both my parents were married really young, my mom at 15 and my dad at 19 and they both had kids from their previous marriages that were somehow both abusive because they both got married to people who were over a decade older. My mom had one son and my dad had twin daughters. After their respective divorces, my dad's ex-wife ran away and left him with the babies while my mom got custody of her son. They met when my mom was 24 and my dad was 28 and instantly hit it off with each other. Only three months later, they got married and had 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Six more kids rounding all of us to a whopping nine. Nine whole children. I don't know what they were thinking, but they clearly weren't thinking straight. My family has always been a happy-go-lucky family, which has always weirded me out because I'm very melancholic and prefer my own company. But the universe played a fast one and made me a middle child, so I was constantly surrounded by siblings. And my parents paid little to no attention to me, which I didn't really mind. I liked having my own space whenever I could. I didn't make many lasting friendships in high school, which is a nicer way of saying I had no friends, so I made sure all of my plans were abroad and far away from family. I traveled for about a year after high school ended and then went off to college. I was bummed that I had to live in the dorms with roommates, so I worked two jobs alongside school so that I could make enough money to rent my own place immediately after my first year. I ended up staying longer and moving into my own place after my second year because I made friends. Yes, you heard that right, I made friends. Everyone on my floor was so cool, and in no time I was very good friends with them. Most of them were traumatized by life in very similar ways to me, so it felt like our traumas brought us together. It was also then that I realized how traumatized theater kids really are. Hug a theater kid today. Anyway, out of everybody I met, there was one girl who stood out to me the most. I'll call her Emma. Her room was right opposite mine and we shared a few classes together, so we would walk each other to classes in the mornings. And sometimes we would also walk each other back if we happened to run into each other at the end of the day. Before long, it became our little ritual. We would walk each other to class in the mornings, grab coffee together, and if we had time, have breakfast. From that, it graduated to always getting lunch together or waiting for each other at a nice spot in the courtyard if classes were running late. In all the classes we shared, we always had seats next to each other. My favorite part of our relationship was the fact that there wasn't a strong need to talk all the time. We could be quiet together and still have a really good time. Emma was a really beautiful girl, as was I. I still am. So when we were together, we usually got comments about how pretty of a couple we were. Being the mischievous people we were, we found it funny and played along, making up stories about our fake relationship. On her 21st birthday, Emma's friends insisted that we go to a bar. I went along because she was my friend too, and dressing up for one night wasn't going to kill me. After a few shots, everyone was in a really good mood and dancing like crazy, until Emma signaled to me that she needed a break. We went to the bathroom and stayed there for over 10 minutes. 
just talking about how much we wish that we could ditch and just go home because of how tired we were. And a couple of drunk strangers walked in, about five of them. While one girl was puking her guts out, the other four just kept repeating to us how gorgeous we were and how they thought we were the most beautiful couple. We tried to explain that we weren't actually a couple, but these extreme people seemingly weren't having it and wanted to convince both themselves and us that we were in an aggressive lesbian relationship. After they had left, a switch flipped in both between us. We started to make out and one thing led to another and Emma and I ended up in her dorm room. The morning after was silent, but after we shared one look, I could tell that whatever this was, we would be doing it more often. But in all honesty, I didn't mind it. Before Emma and I began hooking up, I was a virgin, so in many different ways, I didn't mind it because I couldn't be bothered to put effort into being with anyone. But it became very apparent that I was confused about a lot of things. It was also a shocker to me that I was queer. While there was no closet, I hadn't actively been attracted to women before. I'd had crushes on a few guys here and there, but never really a woman. It didn't matter though, because Emma was patient and ready to teach me as long as I was ready to learn. It wasn't too long before Emma became the only person I spoke to. She was my best friend and girlfriend in one. And although we had no labels, I didn't think she and I needed labels. But apparently we weren't anything too serious and I found out the hard way when we were dragged out to a mutual friend's birthday and someone asked if we were together. I nodded and Emma scoffed, giving a look that said, Me and her? Be serious. I was hurt and after the incident I distanced myself from her. Around the same time I moved out of the dorms and to my own place. It was a nice little apartment and I moved in during the summer so it was really convenient for me. It was convenient for Emma because she came back around and wanted to begin messing around again. I didn't want to and I let her know, but somehow she was able to destroy my willpower with a sob story about her life. I had never known her to be the type for sob stories and we hadn't spoken in a few months, so I accepted her word as true and invited her back into my life. For the rest of summer, Emma and I's lives revolved directly around each other. We basically lived in my new apartment together and did everything together. I didn't mind it for the first couple of weeks, but with time I started to want my own space. I didn't want to say anything till school started back up because I assumed that she would take the hint and move back to school. However, when school started up again, Emma started to slowly move herself into my place. Unable to keep it in, I decided to confront her and it turned into a three hour sob session about how her roommate was an absolute jerk and she was broke and couldn't afford an apartment of her own. It stressed me out, but I decided to help. However, I made sure to be specific that I could only really help for about three months because I liked my space and I didn't want our friendship to suffer because of it. Emma seemed really grateful, especially since I wasn't making her pay rent or anything at all, just so she could save from her job for her own place. The first month passed and it was good. It felt like our old dynamics since we were doing everything together again. Almost like we were in a whole relationship. Whenever I tried to bring up the what are we question, she avoided it like the plague. After some time, I got the hint and started associating with her as normally as possible. Whenever she would try to start something with me, I shut it off immediately. Not wanting to go past the friendship level until we could define what we were. 
Maybe it upset her, which is weird because I believe that I should have been the upset one, but Emma changed in the blink of an eye around the second month. She stopped speaking to me directly and only barely communicated through text. She started to bring strange people into my space, and while I didn't care what she was doing, it greatly discomforted me. Like a civil human, I tried to speak to her about finding it discomforting that she brought so many people over to my house and they messed it up and she never cleaned up after herself, which meant that I was always cleaning up after people, but it went so wrong. She went off on me, letting me know that we discussed having her stay for three months, and I would need to get off her back until the three months were over. To say that I was stunned would be a gross understatement. I was flabbergasted, and I tried to make sure that I heard right and wasn't having auditory hallucinations. I started up the conversation again, But this time she just told me that she had said what she had to say, and whatever I wanted to add was my problem and not hers, and then stormed out. Over the next week, I struggled to wrap my head around the conversation while Emma continued to mess up my house while pretending I didn't exist. I never really spoke to my family about my problems. Whenever we talked, it was mainly to catch up on our lives and then gossip about our parents. But this time, I needed their help. One of the twins suggested calling the police on Emma, but my older brother had something different in mind. And after he explained his ideas to me, I was on board as well. I was going to make my house so uncomfortable for Emma. I started by emptying out the freezer. I usually stocked my freezer with food because I love to cook, but I wasn't going to be providing her with food, whether raw or cooked, anymore. I shared most of it with the smaller families in a completely different neighborhood than mine and then gave what I could to the homeless. It made me feel a little weird that I was giving away thousands of dollars worth of food to prove a point, but I needed Emma out of my home. For someone who basically had no money to take care of themselves, she talked a big game. I never thought I'd feel so thrilled seeing her wander around the apartment looking for food and finding just a few condiments. I would order takeout for myself only and make sure she saw when I picked it up or took it into my room, and I could feel her agitation increase by the day. I don't know if she did it as revenge, but I went to school one day and came back to my house absolutely trashed. The TV broken and the paint on my very white walls. I swear to God, I felt my eyes twitch. Because I was still paying for the TV, I immediately called the police. And after they had arrived and asked me if I wanted to make a case out of it, I did. And immediately she was given an ultimatum to leave my house. She involved her family and they asked to settle the case out of court. My only request was that they paid for all the damages she had done. They agreed and after all of the calculations, I was to be settled for $27,000, which also included the security deposit that I was most definitely not getting back after she trashed the house. Her family getting involved meant bad news for Emma because they were one of those filthy, rich, pompous guys that needed all their kids to be perfect. She only got permission to study at a co-ed university after a lot of promises, most of which she had already broken. As a consequence, she was getting sent to a private Christian university to start all over again. As a little parting gift from me to her, I put her number out on flyers around campus and bars as a phone sex operator, and just imagining the frustration she would be facing made me happy. And that was how I got rid of my old roommate from heck. So although OP tries to stake a claim in how they got rid of their roommate, 
really, they kind of got rid of themselves and some. For them to go and just absolutely destroy the apartment and apparently do it in such a blatant way that it was without any shadow of a doubt them that did it. I mean, it's almost like OP didn't even really have to do much. You just stop making food for them and they do that? Sounds like it was almost bound to happen. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.